0: Hi, folks. Keith Jones here. You're fixing to listen to Front Row Knowles on the podcast. But before we get started, we want to thank the Champions Club and specifically Seminole Boosters for sponsoring our podcast that allows us to bring the podcast to you commercial-free. You know, we are one tribe. We are unconquered. In the last uh, few years, Florida State has built a tradition of excellence. But right now, all of us that are Seminoles are facing a challenge. We've got 20 sports programs, all the coaches student athletes that are involved. We've got some budget cuts that we're trying to work through due to the pandemic. And right now we need you in order to provide all of our teams and student athletes with the best possible opportunity for success. We need your help. We need you to join Seminole Boosters. We need you to renew your membership. We need you to increase your contribution. We need you to consider making a gift. We don't talk heavy-handed like this much, but this is the time to be a little heavy-handed. Help us out. Help Florida State out. Help Florida State Boosters out. And most of all, we want to continue to thank the Boosters and specifically the Champions Club for sponsoring us and bringing Front Row Knowles to you. Stay tuned and listen. Thanks. Broadcasting from the
1: Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles' First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. Welcome
2: to Front Row Knowles' First Look. Tom and KJ with you. We'll be here for the hour, but Keith, we only really need about the opening 30 seconds or so to – recap what we saw last night, because it was obviously pretty one-sided. I I should say Saturday night's game. and uh, Well, you and I haven't really conversed about it, so I'll let you go first.
0: Again, uh, first drive, hopes get up, and then everything falls off the cliff. Uh, Miami scores, what, six consecutive possessions, uh, every possession they had in the first half. Uh, Luckily, uh, one of them was just a field goal. And uh, Florida State just couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, offensive line, um, uh, Blackman's inability to get any consistency. Uh, I did like, um, you know, playing the other quarterbacks and getting a look, particularly in the last uh, what, last quarter when um, Rod- Rodemaker got in there. But uh, it, you can't even call this disappointing, Tom. Uh, I think we knew it was going to happen. It was just a question of how bad it would be. And it's it's just where you're at, and it's where we're at, and it's going to take a while to get out of where we're at. And games like uh, Saturday night don't make it feel any better.
2: It's tough. We've done this show before, unfortunately, too frequently over the last few years, Keith. So a lot of storylines here, one of them being that Mike Norvell was not with the team. When you look at the things that went wrong, they're the same things that have gone wrong for the last few years, too many penalties, false starts that sort of thing. So I don't know that his being removed from the team this week really was that much of a factor in the grand scheme of things. Your thoughts?
0: I agree. Uh, he was very active appropriately uh, during the week uh, in terms of being able to have access to meetings and those types of things while he was in quarantine. Uh, but I don't know that his presence in, uh, in Hard Rock would have made any difference uh, relative to the final outcome and the score. Uh, I do think it just further illustrates that, you know, there have been issues that have happened for Florida State going all the way back to uh, what Jimbo's last year when you had the suspension for hurricane and then another game put off and you rescheduled a game for later in the year and that type of thing. There are – there have been some things that are outside anyone's control, uh, in this case weather and the virus that, uh, you know, everybody has to deal with and Florida State, for whatever reason, hasn't dealt – certainly could have dealt better, let's just say it that way. Uh, So, no, I don't think uh, Mike being there or not being there had much of an effect on the contest.
2: By the way, he said after the game when I talked to him that uh, he would be back in the building on Tuesday as long as he remains symptom-free. So, it's a 10-day quarantine as long as the last three days of that. You're And he's been asymptomatic. Uh, so I would expect him back in the building on Tuesday. Keith, this is not going to be a show where we go drive by drive and have to point out specific plays. I think we'll end up uh, – we're, we're going to talk big picture because I thought the young guys looked good. I think you really got to have a hard conversation about what you're going to do at quarterback. I do think, and it seems strange to say, because this one might be rock bottom out of the last four years when you lose to a rival by that score, although Florida has whipped Florida State pretty good in the last couple years too. But I actually saw some glimmers of hope. And I know that in the second half, you can say it was Miami's second-teamers and the game was over and all that. But I saw some guys some guys fight, and I saw uh, some guys that look like they have a chance to be pretty decent players. Bottom line is, Florida State didn't get to 52-10 short against Miami in two weeks. Uh, I would argue that it probably goes back six or seven years. Now I will not suggest that it's going to take that long to fix it, but this is going to take a little while.
0: Well, and a little while is more than two games. It may be more than two seasons. And that's going to be a very, very tough uh, pill for Florida State faithful to swallow, uh, given, you know, the, the last year of Jimbo's tenure and then the two years with Willie here, you know, that's three years. And now if you put two more or three more years with Coach Norvell, now you're at six years. But I would remind ourselves that at one point, Florida State had beaten Miami seven times in a row. And that changed, and now we see where Miami is. Uh, there were a time when when uh, Jimbo had routinely defeated Florida, and we see where Florida is. And the reality of football, uh, at least uh, in this century so far, is ups and downs and peaks and valleys – and Florida State's probably at the bottom of it and probably isn't going to climb quickly. But um, we've got to keep the faith, and I agree with you. I think there were some things to point to relative to the young kids uh, that were somewhat encouraging, but that doesn't mean we're going to go on a six- or eight-game winning streak, uh, you know, to finish out this year.
2: Let's listen to Coach Mike Norvell, and you and I can continue this conversation. And uh, credit to Coach Norvell. And, uh, you know, what's interesting, we'll never know. I I think Norvell met the media because he didn't feel like Chris Thompson, as the deputy head coach, needed to be the one held accountable. Had this gone the other way in Florida State 1, I I think he probably would have done the opposite and had Chris Thompson talk to the media instead of Norvell grabbing the spotlight in that scenario from his couch or living room. But anyway, Mike Norvell did meet the media uh, on Saturday night after the game. Let's listen to the coach's comments uh, as he watched the game in surreal fashion, not being able to be with his team, and uh, that was part of the conversation.
1: You know, disappointed for for our football team, for our, for our coaching staff, our players, uh, for for our fan base. Uh, you know, that is a. Uh, uh, you're definitely not uh, uh, the way that uh, that we wanted to play tonight uh, you know obviously credit goes to miami for for what they did and um, you know this is something that uh, you know completely falls on me and uh, you know i've got to do a better job of putting our guys uh, in 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 the, in the best uh, position possible to, to go out there and play uh you know a better brand of football uh, you know we've got to play more more disciplined uh, more physical and uh, you know, obviously more consistent uh, you know you know top to bottom in, in all three phases uh, um, you know, to have to have thirteen, I think it's twelve or thirteen penalties. Uh, you know, throughout the course of the game, um, you know, things that uh, you definitely hurt us in a, in a lot of areas. Um, you know, we've got to get that corrected. You know, we make a big emphasis on it. Uh, you know, throughout the, the course of the week, uh, we've got to do a better job of emphasizing that as as a staff, and it starts with me. And uh, you know, in, in all phases, um, you know, that is we we did not play to the standard of what we want to do. And um, you know, I I, I definitely am. Uh, you know grateful for for our our team our, our staff and all the things that you know some guys were had to uh to overtake um, you know with with you know me not being there and uh you know i, I appreciate uh, all the work that that went into that but um you know obviously we've got to we got to perform at a, at a higher level and uh, yeah, that starts with me so uh, we're going to continue to work we're going to continue to uh to emphasize those little things of what it takes to to play winning football and uh we've got to get better and uh you know that's Something that uh, we're absolutely committed to, and uh, you know, I know is going to happen here uh, as we move forward, and uh, you know, that's what that's what uh, you know I, I fully expect. Hey coach, hey coach, is it is it is it, is um, it, um, is it, too, is it too simple
2: too sim- to point to the fact that you know you weren't there um, in terms of the lack of discipline and the lack of composure, or do you not, are you not willing to accept that as as the reason?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I think there's a, a lot of factors. You know, we we all have a choice in how we're going to respond, and. Um, you know, throughout the course of the game and there's, um, there's emotions, there's, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, obviously all the things that go, go about with, you know, playing a game and, um, you know, all all we need to focus on is, is each individual play and, uh, you know, going out and uh, coaching to the best of our ability, making sure that we're performing to the best of our ability and being in control of ourselves. And, uh, you know, you, you're not going to beat any team, um, you know, when when we can't consistently put that uh, uh into action and uh you know the things that you know as disappointing as anything else is just uh, some of the emotional responses um that are not up to the standard of what it takes to play winning football and uh, that's something that we will get corrected uh we're going to continue to emphasize and uh, you know uh it, it, this this it, like I said, it starts with me, and uh, we will we will make sure that we continue to uh, to help build these guys, and and uh, you know just as a as a complete football program, we're going to do things the right way, and that's something that um, you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to work on it each and every day at, uh, as we move forward. Have you uh, have you been able to talk to the team yet? Were you able to in the locker room? And I guess if so, what's kind of your message after a game like that? And also. It was always, I'm sure, going to be tough for you not to be there to be able to talk to your players and coaches giving game adjustments, but especially as that game was unfolding the way it was. I guess how much tougher did that make it for you, having to sit at home and just watch it happen out of your control? Well, you know, I mean, I have not got a chance to talk to the team. And um, so, you know, that's going to be something that that I'll be able to do tomorrow. And, um, you know, I'm fully uh, – Know that our coaching staff and the the, the leaders that we have within the uh, within the program are are conveying the same messages that I would have. Is you know we've got to we've got to continue to get better. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a way and there's a formula of what it takes to be successful. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are, that, are, that are investing in this program. They're investing in themselves. They're investing in what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, but, you know, in, in the heat of the moment, uh, you know, that's where the consistency has to show up. And, uh, you know, as a, co- like I said, as a coaching staff, we've got to, uh, I've got to do a better job, um, you know, being able to implement that plan and make sure that we're, we're holding ourselves, uh, you, to that standard in all aspects. And, uh, but I do have the, the ultimate belief in, in our coaching staff. And, and I, I do have the confidence in our players that we have, uh, that we can go out there and do that. And, um, you know, we just do, did not do a very good job of that here this evening.
2: Head coach, Mike Norvell, as I mentioned, should be back at the, uh, facility on Tuesday. Florida State has Jacksonville State this Saturday at four, so it won't be a full work week uh, physically in the building, but uh, he'll be happy to be back at it. Keith, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll dive deeper into what happened and, and, and how Florida State gets out of
1: this. This is Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles First Look. Keith,
2: before we go bigger picture, I guess we should look back at this game a little bit. So uh, I asked him in the post game. there's there several places to go here. I mean, really, when you look at the first half, FSU couldn't get Miami off the field. I mean, they did what they wanted on third down, and if they didn't, they just went for it on fourth down. So that that's mentally demoralizing, and I feel like when you have an offense like Florida State has right now, Which is one that's struggling to move the chains and score points. It puts even more pressure on them because now guys go out there and think, "Well, I've got to get the fourteen-point play and the twenty-one-point play," which doesn't exist. So it just kind of steamrolls from there. Uh, They're really—I mean, the first drive was good for Florida State offensively, but other than that, there there wasn't much to write home about either side of the ball in the first half. The
0: the two things that jumped out at me, and, and I'd be interested in. And hearing Coach Norvell and Coach Dillingham talk about it, again, when we mention this, two weeks in a row, the only you know first two weeks of games with this particular coaching staff, I've been told, you tell me what you're hearing, but those first drives and maybe even second drives are somewhat scripted. We talked about that a little bit on our Wednesday show this week. And they seem to have been put together pretty well because Florida State got points in both of the initial drives of these two ball games. After that, there just seems to be a little disjointedness, if that's a proper word, uh, and they're not able to get into a real good rhythm. Defensively, uh, I was very disappointed. Uh, from just the standpoint, I don't know what if you would agree or you saw this, but the first four or five series, Florida State was in a three-man front. Now, remember, FSU's gone to the four-three. Uh, but they were they walked the line the, uh, the the what 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 we would call the defensive end off, and basically had three people with hands in the dirt, and everybody else off the line of scrimmage. But yet they didn't appear to be pressuring. Didn't see a lot of blitzing. Didn't see a lot of man coverage. Again, you're facing a mobile quarterback that is accurate. I get that in um, in uh, Miami's quarterback, just like uh, in Sims for Georgia Tech, but. At some point in time, you've got to realize that's not working for you, and you've got to do something different. So I I just ask you what what your thoughts were, particularly on the defensive side.
2: Well, I asked Coach Norvell after the game about the three-man front, and the way I phrased the question was, was the three-man front designed to to try to deal with Derek King by getting a more athletic guy in there instead of a, a defensive end Combined with the fact that Joshua Kando wasn't available, and, and his answer really was they thought that the, they had better personnel 3-4 with the Kando injury than going the other way. Because the other once once Kando's out, you're talking about young defensive ends other than Janaris Robinson. Um, I didn't ask him specifically about the pressure. Uh, of course, the defensive line situation got worse because Robert Cooper left the game – for some time, came back with a club on his hand. So I guess he right. broke a finger or a bone right. or something. I don't, I don't know exactly what. Then Marvin Wilson went out in the second half, so we won't see him in the first half next week due to targeting. Uh, but that was his answer there. G- going back to your point offensively, Keith, and I was just looking at my notes for this, um, the second drive of the game for Florida State offensively, they got a delay of game to start the drive. Then they lost yardage on a jet sweep. Um, Let me look at – and then a false start. So they were behind the sticks, and that may have been – you wouldn't script a delay game and false start, but you were early enough in the game that those could have still been scripted plays, and that whole drive just blew up because of penalties and mistakes. And then the third drive, they had a third down and manageable, and they ran a little slant to Warren Thompson, and the DB came in. And I don't know that Thompson – William Floyd didn't like the, the way that Thompson ran that route he felt he drifted towards the defensive back. I don't know your opinion on that. But the bottom line is it's an easy throw and catch or should have been on a slant for a first down. He drops it or the DB makes a good play and they end up punting. So now now by the time the offense gets the ball back, you're down 21-3. to three. Uh,
0: I, I know the particular route that you're talking about, and I would agree with, with Bar none, uh, Thompson, you know, in my opinion, has not lived up to – his continued playing time and tomorrow and Terry has been basically absent uh, other than, uh, you know, trying to get into a hand fight at one point during the ball game. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, the younger kids as it relates to the second half. Uh, you know, I saw some kids that they're giving some effort and um, it may be time to, you know, sit. One of the things that happens when you sit older players is it gets their attention because in today's environment, today's world, Tommy, the only thing the coaches can really control is playing time PT. And if you're an older player or a seasoned player, that's the worst punishment. It's worse than running gassers. It's worse than it's worse than anything because you're standing on the sidelines, working, uh, excuse me, watching. And, and it may be time to start getting some people's attention.
2: You know, I just want to mention it was late in the game, maybe when Toa Feely was running well. I don't remember the specific play. I think it was a Toa Feely run, but Cyrus Fagan, who's a senior safety who basically started last year and is now third team, he was into the game and energized and patting Toa Feely on the back. And I thought, well, good for you because you're a guy who could be pouting right now. And he now I just saw that play. I don't know the rest of it, but I, I did see it on the TV monitor. I thought, well, good for you, Cyrus, because he's one of the guys that would fall right into what you're talking about. Um, well, Keith, let's let's have that conversation right now. And, you know, we'd all like the the uh, end of this book to finish the same way this this tale starts. We'll see what Mike Norvell does. But game number two of the Bobby Bowden era, 1976, Florida State lost 47-0 at Miami to drop to 0-2. And he went ahead and did what you're talking about. He benched six upperclassmen, started six freshmen the next week, and they went on to become – fixtures for Florida State. They went to Oklahoma, didn't win the game at Oklahoma, but wound up winning five of the last six games that year. And it all started by making a move like that and saying, you know what, guys? The way you're doing it doesn't work. We're
0: going with the young guys. And I think it's time to do that. I think it starts with the quarterback position. Uh, And, again, I hate that. It breaks – it literally, Tommy, breaks my heart to say that. Because James Blackman is as seminal as seminal can be, he's loved by his teammates, but he's not getting any better, and he's not able to perform at a level that's going to help you win ball games right now. Not only because you know of the things he does, the offensive line woes and that type of thing, but you know I don't know the extent of the injury to um, Travis, but. Uh, you know, it's time to get the young kids in. You mentioned uh, Toa Philly. I, I, th- I think he needs to start. I think he ran as well as any of the backs. And, and I know they like to rotate the backs. I know they like to use, uh, you know, three or even four uh, during a ball game. But it may be time to, you know, saddle him up a little bit and let him play three or four series in a row and, and continue to get his feet underneath him. Uh, I think you need to go looking at the tight end more. I, I You know, I, I, I think we've seen with McDonald that, you know, he'll catch the ball if you get it to him, and he'll find a way to get open. He's not a speedster. Uh, he's not going to be, you know, a 20-yard-per-catch guy, but uh, he'll be consistent for you. And I, I don't know what to do about the offensive line because I'm just not as familiar with the younger kids, but certainly, certainly you 've got to find a way to keep a back in or something to give uh, particularly washington some help in order to keep your quarterback upright uh, you can You can continue to throw the quick passes all along, but every now and then you 've got to run a five or seven step drop well and they
2: just they just can 't do it no they can 't i tell you, i want to come back to the quarterback point because well. In a nutshell, if you if you call the short passing game, it really looks like a one – a one. it's one decision for Blackman. It's either throw to the guy or throw it out of bounds. And he executes those fine. But as soon as you get him back there and, and want him to go through reads, he doesn't get the ball out on time. He, he cocks his arm, he double pumps, and then by then he's got a bail out of the pocket. And so some of that's on him, not just on the offensive line. But to finish the thought about Bowden here, and again – who knows what Mike Norvell will do. Uh, I do, I do think the fact that he watched this game in isolation by himself, where you're not in conversation on headsets with other people, I can only imagine what kind of notes he took looking at the game that way compared to heat of the moment. Right. Um, but, but Bobby made those changes. How about these names, Keith? And, And these were your, your teammates and contemporaries. Uh, these are the guys he put in the starting lineup. Uh, that next week at Oklahoma, Kurt Unglob, Jackie Flowers, Scott Warren, Mike Good, Mark Lyles, and Walter Carter. And, uh, you know, most of them, you, you, you correct me where I'm wrong, I mean, but they wound up being pretty significant players for Florida State over the next few years. Now, I don't know the guys that got benched, but the message was sent, and that's who Florida State went to war with going forward.
0: And, and I just think it's time. You know, one of the things, unfortunately, that happens when a new head coach comes in, is there are kids that that will give effort there are kids that will say but they don't finish and you need to go with the younger kids again reinforcing my earlier comments I like the the parent that I can be sometimes when those older guys are on the sidelines watching they'll they'll rethink their effort they'll rethink what they're doing and everybody will end up playing better trust me.
2: Let's come back and we'll dive deeper about what, you know, maybe what changes you could make offensively. We need to get into defense too because, candidly, the defensive line has not shown up this year and the tackles have not been special at all. And Marvin Wilson's at the front of that list. He doesn't look like he's in shape to me. Uh, I know he was downfield when he got called for targeting, but there, there just hasn't been anything. There's been no winning of the line of scrimmage. We figured that wouldn't happen for Florida State's OL. I thought that they could do that on the DL, and it hasn't happened. So I'll let you react to that in our next segment. This is Front Row Knowles' First Look.
1: Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Tom Block, Keith Jones, back with you. Front
2: Row Knowles' First Look comes your way every Sunday morning here on ESPN Tallahassee. Re-airs Mondays at 6. This is just what it sounds like, a first look. We haven't watched game tape. We've barely decompressed from the game. So uh, if something sounds like we're off, uh, well, even if we had decompressed from the game and, and done plenty of reading <laughs> and studying, it might still sound like it's off, right, Keith? That's uh, right.
0: We we may be we may be a little mistaken, but that's what we do.
2: Yes, that's what we do. But anyway, it's a first reaction. Our, our regular uh, year-round show, Front Row Knowles, is Wednesdays at six. Subscribe to it uh, via iTunes. Listen to it on ESPN Tallahassee. So let's go, let's go back offensively and just talk about the quarterback. Now we don't know if Jordan Travis when he's going to be back it didn't you know I don't know he walked off came back out I'm sure he probably wanted to give it a go but in that situation you don't want to end up hurting him for four or five weeks or whatever maybe he's not available this week but I think long term he could be an option but would you go with Rodemacher what would you do with the I have some thoughts on Travis but in terms of who your starting quarterback is how would you handle that
0: I I would initially look at Travis and I would do more than just let him run 90 percent of the time Again, I go back, our listeners have heard me say this. Two springs ago, Jordan was, you know, 21-27 in the spring game or something. Uh, very very respectable numbers. though went a lot of short routes, still ran the ball effectively. But the plays that they have in place for him, and I know he's been limited in fall camp. I know he had the hamstring problem. I recognize being uh, the need to be. Conservative, but it's time to open up that playbook a little bit and put Jordan in and let him run the offense for a series or two. Uh, I don't, I don't have any problem putting uh, Rodemaker in. Uh, I, I, I think he understands the offense enough. It may not be the complete playbook, but even if he, I mean, he did throw a pick, uh, and it's by the way, first time in a long time that I can remember and maybe it's never happened that I can remember, were three separate Florida State quarterbacks, each threw an interception in a ballgame. Uh, we don't have a stat system to pull that up, but I think it's been a while. But I, I just think you've got to get someone else in there and let them continue to try to work on doing the things you're asking Blackman to do and see if they can do them better and just live with the mistakes that are going to come with that.
2: I don't know where Chubba Purdy is. I know that he warmed up before the game. He's been practicing. I don't know how far along they think Rodemaker is. Obviously, he was the number three he went in. I don't think that they necessarily had a plan to play him if the game was on the line or was closer, but because it was really a no-pressure pressure situation, I was fine with getting him in there and letting him get some some live action. I do agree with you. Jordan Travis needs to factor in there somehow, and if he's the best if he's the next man up and the best option and is healthy at quarterback, then they need to give him some drives. I will say, I, I, you know, last week we talked about do you make him a running back. If you have Purdy healthy and you have three guys, I'm not opposed to having Jordan Travis be a slot receiver because you can do a lot with him there. You can, you can run the little short passing game, which puts him in space to make a guy miss. You can hand him the ball in the jet sweep. He can throw off the jet sweep. You can, you can shift and, and line him up at quarterback. I think – I mean, considering that teams, when they see him in the game, know he's going to run, and he still has led FSU in rushing two weeks in a row with no threat of throwing, the guy's pretty he's, – he's got some elusiveness to him, obviously.
0: They did do some of that, as you will notice. That was a reverse that he threw the interception on. Um, he was in there along with Blackman at the same time, and at least one, maybe two plays. So maybe they are feeling their way through. Uh, But I agree with you. You've got to find a way to get him on the field and get the ball in his hands. Now, I hate, I hate, Tommy, that Florida State is going to probably have to resort to what purists would call trickery you know, by playing different people in different positions and doing different things and two quarterbacks at the same time or whatever. But the bottom line is you've got to find a way to protect against the uh, downside that is the offensive line and to move the ball. Uh, I mean, again, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So while we may cringe a little bit why are we having to do it this way? You just got to do it that way until you get better at it.
2: So let's talk about some of the other things you could do offensively. Uh, I agree that Toa Feely needs more touches. Now, I, don't, we didn't, I didn't see LaDamian Webb on Saturday night, and I don't know what happened there. I don't know if that was an injury, a suspension, an illness, if he wasn't available, if Toa Feely just outperformed him in practice. Uh, I think Corbin can still give you the tough yards and be in the mix. But I think Toa Feely, to me, looked, and I I know it was second half in a game where you could argue it's Miami's second team. I don't know when they changed personnel in a a game that was already over. But he was doing that in scrimmages this fall, too, for Florida State. So I think Toa Feely getting more touches is something you do at the running back position. Cam McDonald, uh, clearly he's a guy you can target six or eight times a game. I mean, he caught four balls for 49 yards on that opening drive of the second half. Uh, We saw him with a great catch in game one against Georgia Tech. He needs to be featured. Now, the receiver position, Keith, is a mess. You you mentioned Tamari and Terry. I I do want to just add this. Tamari and Terry was – and I I assume it was because he got hit hard against Georgia Tech. They didn't know until Friday if they'd even have him. He didn't really practice since the Georgia Tech game. Uh, And I'm assuming it's that. Maybe he did something else and tweaked it. But I know Norvell said specifically – he, he, didn't, he wasn't available this week. They thought, based on the walkthrough and the pregame warm-ups, they could get something out of him. Um, that said, Warren Thompson has dropped a lot of passes. Uh, we saw young guys get in the mix later on. I think that's a position where you, you've got to make some changes, whether it's going to Kentron Portier and Brian Robinson uh, instead of Warren Thompson. Uh, Ontario, Ontario Wilson, I, I think he's been steady. But you've you got to get better play from the receivers. This is Florida State, and it, it's it's frustrating. I'll go with frustrating to watch the receivers and also to watch that every other team Florida State plays, when they run a receiver screen, they actually block the DB and get eight or ten yards on it. And it's been years since Florida State has done that consistently.
0: That That is uh, – I agree with you, a very disappointing thing. Uh, I'll just say it blocking ain't hard at least get in front of somebody um you know the I'm almost to the point to tell them look we'll give you a plus if you get a holding call because you grabbed him because right now you're not touching him um don't quite mean it as badly as that sounds but I I hear you and I agree
2: with you here's so here's one other thing on the offensive line so we, we haven't talked about this Baby on Johnson was a center. They moved him to guard. Uh, you know, the, the depth is not where Florida state wants it right now, but baby in Saturday night's game had three false starts. One of them came on the opening drive of the game, fourth and two, fourth and one and a half. They wound up kicking a field goal. Now maybe they don't score a touchdown, but maybe they do. And it's seven, seven. So that's a pretty big false start. Then. Second drive of the, of the third quarter when Florida State, again, the game's probably over, but FSU had moved the ball two consecutive drives. They're in the red zone, and it's at the five-yard line. I think it's second and goal at the five. He gets a false start, winds up leading to the James Blackman interception on the tip ball in third and ten. So what I'm suggesting – and then he got another false start later that killed a drive. But in the, in the red zone, you could argue that Florida State got three points on two drives where they might have had 14 if on Johnson doesn't false start. That's putting um, a lot on. So, so my point is that's another position because Norvell and the staff like the young kids behind him. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of freshmen. Um, maybe you make a change there. Uh, Thomas Schrader is the freshman. I think they have listed at one backup guard. Or maybe you say we're going to play Brady Scott at that guard position. But that that's the other thing you could do there. Is it, it, to your point, you could go with a freshman. That that's a move you could make there.
0: Here's the justification for doing that, by the way, if anybody's asking. Florida State gave up six sacks, 13 tackles for loss, and seven quarterback hurries. Those numbers won't win you ball games, so at least if you're going to have those bad of numbers, have them with the young kids, so at least they get some playing experience. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we didn't see it against Georgia Tech. Tonight we did see missed assignments, both offensively where, you know, the tackle's not realizing there's a linebacker coming from outside, and he and the guard are both blocking the same guy. Also saw some coverage busts uh, defensively. We haven't talked about the defense, Keith. I opined about the DL. Which I know Kendo was out on Saturday night. What's your thoughts more about how the tackles have played and just the defensive line play overall?
0: You know, I'd, re- I'd really have to sit down with Odell and have him explain to me what – what Cooper and Durden and Marv are supposed to be doing because they're not achieving results. Now maybe they're doing what they're supposed to be doing given this type of defense, but, you know, we're certainly not calling their names and they certainly don't have, you know, statistics that, that jump out at us. And I've been, been somewhat, between somewhat to very disappointed in the defensive backs Uh, You mentioned the busted coverage. There was at least two of them. Uh, I know offenses are much more complicated than they used to be. I know King and Sims before him as young quarterback. Well, King's experienced quarterback, but Sims is a young quarterback. You know, can get the ball out and find people. But to be as deep and as supposedly talented as we're supposed to be, I mean, the thing I'm hanging my hat on is that uh, as far as I could tell, Dean did not uh, appear in the ball game, And that, you know, with Ham being back there, he can get people in better positions and reminding them what they're supposed to be doing better. And the whole group will be better because he's back there playing quarterback on the defensive side. But, again, that's yet to be seen. Uh, so, you know, there, there's enough blame to go around. And if the defensive line – got better pressure, then that may mean that the opposing quarterback has to throw the ball differently, and then the defensive backs have a better opportunity. You know how all that goes. And I think I think there needs to continue to be some, some consideration to, you know, how many times we're bringing pressure and how we're bringing that pressure versus, you know, sitting back in zone and letting people pick us apart.
2: Let's continue talking about the defense in our next segment. One last segment to go. This is Front Row Knowles' First Look.
1: Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith.
2: Back on Front Row Knowles' First Look, we'll go back to the defensive struggles. But first, Keith, didn't have to look well. On the one hand, you had to look pretty hard to find the bright spot in that game. On the other hand, it was pretty obvious, I think, when I sat down. I said, I have a feeling I know where you're going on this one.
0: Of course, we're referring to the Prime Bank performance of the game, and we're going to salute uh, Cam McDonald. He had six catches for 58 yards, had Florida State's only touchdown. Uh, He's continued to be a bright spot for this offense and Sparks. They just haven't used him enough consistently. And, of course, our performance of the game is brought to us by Prime Meridian Bank. Personal checking, business checking, home mortgages, home equity lines, whatever you need, two locations in Tallahassee, Timberlane Road, and Capital Circle Northeast, branches in Crawfordville and Lakeland. Prime Meridian Bank, FDIC insured, and equal opportunity lender. I think I read that correctly.
2: That was pretty good. I was just going to let you go. I wasn't going to help you out at all on that. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's go back to defense. To your point, yeah, Hamza Hamza didn't play, and so getting him back would make a difference, uh, and by the way, we haven't mentioned this, but but Travis Jay, I didn't see when he got hurt, but he was on I didn't crutches. either,
0: but he was on crutches. You're right.
2: Yeah, so that's that's not good for a guy that, you know, there's there's only so many guys you look at right now in this Florida State team and say they, they could be electric, and he's one of them in the return game, and now I mean, crutches would tell me that even if it's a sprain, that he's out a few weeks. Uh, again, I don't want to play doctor like that. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's ankle or knee or anything about it. I just saw him on the sideline. Um, having Hamza back would help. Having Kando back would help. You got to make plays when they're there. I mean, Jarian Jones dropped an interception. He, he under, They did a nice job of, of handing off one route switching he undercuts it it's right there. you got to make that play that that's yep. an interception and i don't have it in front of me i'm pretty sure miami scored on that drive because they scored on about
0: every drive well if it's in the first half i can guarantee you they scored on no this half. was in the
2: second half so I'm, I'm
0: just saying i'm just saying tommy i'm just saying
2: so i'll tell you who needs to play more and he did play a lot on saturday steven dicks jr now they had him you know he's the backup middle the backup mike linebacker behind leonard warner uh he, they did bring him in pressure. He didn't get home, and one time I think early on he should have had a sack for about six or eight yards and he and he missed the I think it was a sack, the quarterback. Maybe it was just going to be a tackle for a loss. He goes sideline to sideline uh and gets there, you know, with a with bad intentions to use a cliche, I guess. So I think there's a bright future for him. Um I'm not sure what you do at defensive end. They like Griffiths a lot. Maybe he needs to continue to play more. In the secondary, we thought they had a ton of options. Uh, you know, Asante Samuel the second is, is solid at corner. They don't seem to have settled on where they're going to go with the other corner. They've played Dent. Jarvis Brownlee was back on Saturday night. Jarian Jones has played. Uh, and, and safety, obviously, if Jay's not available, and it depends on when Hams is back, what you do there.
0: Dent has been a step behind. Uh, the younger kids have got turned around a little bit. Uh, you're right. And And the way offenses are now, Uh, When you go to that fifth defensive back, or or sometimes when they go four wide, you literally need six. You know, whether you have a corner or a safety in there, you've got to have somebody that can cover. Uh, And it's just been a struggle. And it was one of the areas, the defensive backfield was one of the areas that I think you and I agreed going into the season, at least through fall camp, that they were deep and they were talented. And now, again, I go back and I hope, I hope, with Hamza coming back, that that makes four other people uh, good as well as the position he plays. That can happen, but it certainly struggled. That unit has struggled uh, through two ball games.
2: Well, it goes hand in hand, I mean, you got to get pressure. You you already pointed this out. You got to get some pressure to force the quarterback to to just get out of rhythm a little bit. Otherwise, uh, but but at the same time you got to have a little tighter coverage, and I feel like the zone coverage has been an issue for a lot of years for Florida State in terms of, yes, you're assigned to the zone, but when somebody comes into that zone, now you're Find playing man-to-man you're, you're man man on that guy.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I, I had lunch uh, Friday with, with uh, a number of names from the past. I won't bore you with the details, but we were talking, and, and most of the guys I were with were offensive guys. And they were pointing out the fact that they'd love to throw against and, and try to operate against Florida State's defense and zone versus the way it used to be when, you know, zone was just the starting point. But once somebody got there, you you got closer to them. Um, and that seems to have become a lost art, at least uh, in Dope Campbell Stadium and, and any other ACC field uh, associated with the, with the league. Uh, it's baffling to me, and and I, you know, I can't, I can't sit here and say that I'm overly critical or I, I don't know. I can't fault coaching because I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I'd love to spend a week uh, and and get educated on that, but what they're doing is not working. So it's either personnel or and or scheme. Nothing brilliant there. So change something. Let's find out.
2: Well, I will say I, I still I like this coaching staff a lot the results through two games are not what we want to see. we can't pin the last several years on this coaching staff though now we've, no, seen, not we've at all. seen a lot of the same things uh, the, the players have have failed to make plays now for three different coaching staffs though at some point I'll, I'll just point that out but I, I want to go back you know everybody has their theory on when did this go wrong We'll finish up with this Keith. And generally, that conversation tends to start with Jimbo's last year. I really think it started in 2014. And it seems crazy to say because that team went unbeaten until they lost to Oregon in the college football playoff. But in 2014, Florida State got away with bad habits, but they were so damn good individually that they could come back and win every one of those games. Jameis didn't even have nearly as good a year that year as 2013, but he bailed them out. They were losing 21 nothing on the road at Louisville. Everywhere they went, they were losing, and they'd come back, and they'd fix it. So what does that mean? Well, that means that the guys that were underclassmen in 2014, they thought you could get by by half-assing it at practice or whatever it was. Maybe that's not an error. I wasn't at practice. But it clearly wasn't the same work level they had in 2013. And slowly but surely, that turns into 2015, you lose a couple games. 2016, you're signing promise notes. 2017, Jimbo's leaving town. And, and, and really, I think this goes back to the point about, do you play some younger guys now? This team, and it's been this way for three or four years, we've talked about it a ton, Keith, when adversity hits, they check out. Once it's 14-3, to three, I mean, they're checking out. That's the time that you need to man up.
0: And to further, there's no leadership. And, and that, that is the responsibility of the upperclassmen. And it's their responsibility to not let this happen. And you do that two ways. Number one, you elevate your game, and then you demand that everyone else elevates their game. And that has not occurred, hasn't occurred for several years now. And everybody wants to talk about how the coaching staff has to get the team motivated. No, the coaching staff puts together the game plan. The leaders on the team get the team ready to play. That raw raw crap, about a halftime talk or a pregame talk, lasts about two snaps. The other 40 snaps you're going to play in either half has to come from your leadership and from yourself. And that has been sorely missing in the Florida State program. I agree with you, going back to twenty fourteen least 2015
2: yeah so it's been so that was my point that I made earlier that it took six or seven years to get here Uh, and again well maybe by the time if you start at 2017 as year one maybe it'll be six or seven years till Florida State's out of it I I do think that I still think there's a lot of good football players on this team Uh, I, I think that the coaches now have seen them in battle a couple times they've also seen what some of the young guys can do uh, I think, you know, we, we asked for some changes going into this one, and I think we did see that. They got Jordan Travis more involved. They got Stephen Dix, Jr. more involved. Uh, I, I think, you know, they, they, they see the game tape. They see the things that we do, too. They're smarter than we are when it comes to their scheme, so they, they obviously know which guy fits better with what they're trying to do.
0: And um, you saw effort. You saw effort in the third and fourth quarter. That wasn't always the case over the last two or three years. Uh, that was encouraging. It's, it's not gloom and doom. now. Can Florida State win the rest of the ballgames this year? Probably not. Can Florida State get to 500 given their start? Eh, I don't know. But what I want to see is improvement. And I did see good effort. I saw improvement by the young guys. Let's build upon that and keep moving forward.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. It's, uh, it's tough. And this is the way the rivalry has gone. Right now Florida and Miami are up and Florida State's down few years ago, Florida was lost to Georgia Southern when Georgia Southern didn't complete a forward pass in the game, right? And yep. Florida had a couple of four-and-eight seasons. And Miami has thought they're back since about 2003, and they haven't really been back. This is the closest they've been, and I'm not declaring them that because they've got the best quarterback they've had probably since Ken Dorsey or back, back then. Um, but Florida State needs to continue to, to fix itself, and maybe this week we'll, we'll lend that opportunity. You know, you just got to – it's cliche. You just got to get better every
0: damn day. Exactly. And that's the 1% that Norvell talks about. Uh, And, you know, again, there's been some things, i.e., the pandemic. Again, everybody's had to deal with Norvell being out for his 10-day quarantine. That's that's highly unusual. Um, You know, but you just got to work your way through them. But I will say, repeat myself, uh, no one's ever accused us of being totally – Brilliant in new ideas, but we can't keep doing the same thing over and over. So let's make some changes small, large, medium, somewhere on the spectrum and let's see what happens.
2: Keith, always good to uh, have our therapy sessions early in the morning after Florida State night games. And we'll do it again on Wednesday at a more reasonable hour. There you go. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll be back on Wednesday with Front Row Knowles. Thanks for tuning in.